trust with my wife. What broke the trust? Several months ago, I so much wanted to go into a full-time ministry position. It was a type of ministry where I would have to raise support. Then when I told her that I wanted to quit my job and do this, she was pretty disturbed. And so a few years go by, and this thing has been just churning in my heart, and the desire has been growing and learning more about it. And she was not in agreement with me about that. It's something that I had been thinking about for a couple of years, and I got to the point where whether or not you're in agreement with me, I'm going to do it anyway. How can this man restore trust after making such a decision that impacted his marriage emotionally, financially, and spiritually? This is Hope for the Heart with June Hunt, and today she shares this conversation with us. As you listen, you'll discover that this isn't a conversation about who's right and who's wrong. It's about communication, trust, and moving forward in a way that honors the marriage and God. A quick note, this phone conversation is pre-recorded. Let's listen. I've been married about five years, mm-hmm. and I'm experiencing an emotional separation with my wife. We're not physically separated yet, although my wife is living in the basement, and I'm living on the top floor. Wow. We don't see much of each other. And when we do, it's usually, hi, how are you doing? Fine. And that's as far as it goes. Isn't that interesting, that word fine? Yeah. We're not doing fine. I'm still fine. You're fine. What is not actually truthfully fine about the marriage? Well, I want to restore trust with my wife. Hmm. What broke the trust? Several months ago, I so much wanted to go into a full-time ministry position. And it was a type of ministry where I would have to raise support. And when I told her that I wanted to quit my job and do this, she was pretty disturbed. And so a few years go by, and this thing has been just churning in my heart, and the desire has been growing and learning more about it. And she was not in agreement with me about that. It's something that I had been thinking about for a couple of years, and I got to the point where whether or not you're in agreement with me, I'm going to do it anyway. I quit my job, and I started to go through the orientation program. And Did you have the support raised when you quit your job? No. Did you have any support raised? No. I thought I knew enough people that would support me. I really believed that in my heart. And obviously you could have talked with him about that before you quit your job. Right. So what's going on here? What's happening? Was he listening to her? No. How does that make her feel? Bad, devalued, scared. Yeah, insecure. Women are more nesters. They want their nest taken care of for security purposes because they feel responsible for the home. And I'm talking about in general, that is the case. To add that type of insecurity when things aren't logically done, it can be very disconcerting. We'll go on and listen. So your wife obviously feels devalued, like you don't care about her opinion. A couple of weeks after I started going through this process, one good friend of mine basically told me, I just don't think that's the right thing to do right now. And another good friend of mine asked me, are you willing to lay your life down for your wife? You know, I realized that no, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I was more interested in wanting to find my place in the kingdom of God. But your place in the kingdom of God (laughs) is being a husband united together with your wife. When there is not unity, you can have disharmony at home. And even if there is ministry going on, you cannot have peace. Amos 3.3 3 says, 
do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Right. There needs to be a heart of agreement. It's not that two people will see everything identically, but this is a huge issue. This is not just, mm, should I buy a pair of brown shoes or black shoes? It's not like that. This is her family, your, her marriage partner. When this friend of mine asked me if I was willing to lay your life down for your wife, and I realized that was not the priority in my life at the time. Mm -hmm. The next day, I told her that I was going to stop and get a job, which I did, and I'm working now, and I'm in a place where I want to restore the trust. Mm -hmm. I want to show her I don't want to do something like this if I'm not in agreement with you. She's to the point now where she doesn't trust if I say I really am not going to pursue this unless it's something that we're in agreement about. Okay, what if she doesn't trust his word? He's trying to give assurances. It's the same song, 20th verse. <laughs> That's what you said last time, several hours ago. Time, what do you mean time? Time for what? Time to trust. How can she ultimately trust him? Earned, earned trust. If everybody who's broken trust, male and female, could understand the only way you can ultimately, really from your heart trust, is when there is consistency again and again and again of being trustworthy. In terms of if you've broken trust, then you've got to prove yourself trustworthy. And people do that. There's no question it can be done. It's just many times it takes time. You've got to go on. I think you have a wise friend. You are blessed to have a friend who would ask you a poignant question that many friends would not ask. Of course, it's based on Ephesians 5, where right. it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. If she knows you sacrificially love her like Christ loves the church, she can trust you. Okay, what lesson has he hopefully learned about his wife? Well, you get married to make the decisions together. It's not one. Okay. You get married and you do things together. You make decisions together. You can tell, by the way, who does not have discernment here. He doesn't. He thought finances would be there. So there is something he needs to learn about his wife having discernment that he does not have. Okay. I really appreciate that you want to restore trust. You have learned a valuable lesson, and that is that your wife has discernment. One of the wisest men I know, he told me one day, I would not make a decision about hiring a major person for our company without my wife's agreement. He said, I recognize how she is able to be perceptive is so different from the way men normally think. Mm -hmm. Women have a perspective that males do not. Now, males can be fantastic at targeting one thing and not being scattered, whereas women are very able to juggle many, many things. So you have learned something that you're going to benefit from for the rest of your life if you make yourself available. When my wife didn't agree with me, she would say, well, 
you either do it my way or I'm going to pull away from you emotionally. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was being manipulated. I think that was part of the reason why I just said, well, whether you're in agreement with me or not, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. As a single guy, you can do that. But when yeah. you're married, it's another story. The issue is, what are you going to do about it now? By the way, I've talked to so many men who've said, I don't want to hire someone without my wife. And it's because there is a perception that she will have. One man told me, I will not hire someone if my wife has a hesitation. That's it, because I know that she's been right always. Now, I don't think that this is an issue of female superiority. This has nothing to do with that. It's just totally how God made us. So be aware that he is not benefiting from God's gift to him by virtue of having a wife who has discernment. I'm sure he has the giftedness, probably has giftedness in this area that he's interested in, but it's an issue of timing, right place, right time, right focus, right preparation. Obviously, he was not there. He needs to be able to appreciate her in a very specific way of her role, and basically he cut her off from that role and suffered for it. What a great conversation about valuing your wife or your husband. This is Joe Wolf stepping in for just a minute to let you know you're listening to Hope for the Heart with June Hunt. More hope and help for your relationships can be found at hopefortheheart.org. That's hopefortheheart.org. Right now, let's get back to this conversation. As June talks with his husband about practical ways to love and honor his wife and his marriage. Do you really know her language of love? Well, I know that one is acts of service. Mm-hmm and gifts, and mine are affection and quality time. We speak different languages, and I have had... that's not unusual between couples. Once you understand that relationships, not accomplishments, have the deepest meaning in life, your primary goal needs to be, how can I meet the real needs of my wife? That means knowing what specific language she speaks. If you have no way of communicating in her language, it's going to be very hard for you all to bridge the gap. But what's good is you already do know what her language is. I've written, I call it a heart that speaks love. These languages, I put them with T's, like time, talk, tasks, tokens, and touch. You've told me that hers are tasks and tokens. Mm -hmm. I would suggest for you to go to her and say, you know, because of you, I've learned so much about me that I have really needed to see. God has used you in my life to help me see me being selfish. I see that I wasn't acting as a married man. I was acting as a single man. I wasn't respecting you in the way you need to be respected from the deepest part of my heart. I am sorry. I have failed, and I don't want to fail any longer. My desire is not just to regain trust, but to love you in a way that is meaningful to you. I want to hear what would be meaningful to you, because I don't want to be a selfish man. I don't want to just be self-absorbed. I don't want to think I'm married, but I don't need you. If God has led us into marriage, which he has, Mm -hmm. then obviously he wants to use you in my life, and I need to be humble enough to allow the Lord to use you. That kind of humility is strong because 
many men will not humble themselves. Mm -hmm. Many men are arrogant, prideful, and all they're thinking about is their accomplishments. Do you think that she is keeping her distance from me because she doesn't think that I would really change? Well, many women, they've heard promises. Oh, I love you, but then the acts, it's like, no, I don't see that. You know, promises, promises, but they're just promises. Mm -hmm. So it may be that what she's saying is, I'll believe it when I see it. With all of us, we have three inner needs for love, significance, and security. For a woman, her greater need of significance versus security, it's security. Mm -hmm. For the man, it's significance. And that's why men can go off and do certain things and basically abandon their wives. They're feeling good about themselves. Oh, look what I'm doing. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's a widow. Yeah. It's like she's, but wait a minute, what about that we're married and the two of us are together? I don't know how to break down the wall. I would have a, um, <laughs> some people have called it a come to Jesus meeting, you know. I've got to get real here. I see that I was acting like I was a single man, like uh -huh. I wasn't even married. Like, you didn't matter. Well, you do matter. I repent of that. I'm turning from that. It may take a while for you to even trust that I'm changing. I'm not even asking you to believe me at this point. Let me prove it to you. You can't make another person trust you. Right. Especially when that other person feels wounded, a sense of rejection. There's a reason why there's an emotional separation. And it's obviously that her heart's hurt. Mm -hmm. You say, I want to hear what would you consider your primary language of love. Give me an example of a time when I could have expressed love to you, really focusing on your language of love, and I failed to do so. I want to hear ways that I have wounded you. I don't want to live with blind spots and don't defend, don't try to give explanation, just repeat back what she said. I have in here our material on a recipe for reconciliation. It's all within the communication, biblical counseling key. I really think it's going to help. I believe that this is absolutely reparable, and may you hang on to God's hope. Thank you for calling. Did you notice how it's like he didn't really value his wife and all that? And I'm sure he learned. There's no question. We're going to look. This is, I just think, very important. Who is in your life that's significant? I'd make a list. Say, God, I want to relate in a way that's meaningful to those that I care about. Notice the two commandments that Jesus calls the greatest of all. Both begin with the word love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. Love seeks the highest good of another person. That's Luke 10, 27. No doubt, God desires loving communication towards him, as well as toward others. And not only does he desire it, he clearly commands it, and whatever he commands is for our benefit and blessing. So I just turned them into five T's based on the book of Luke. The primary goal in communication becomes how can I meet the love needs of another where I'm being used by God to reach out to express love. Do you know the specific language, love language, that fills the emotional needs of those God has placed into your life? Do you understand what is your 
love language. What speaks love to you? Here we have time. Time is one, one of the five love languages. This is a healthy dose of opportunities for intimate interaction, both quality and quantity of time. You know, sometimes a person will come in and the other person is reading the newspaper. Now, hi, the newspaper never goes down. But if you're giving time, it's focused attention, undivided. You put the newspaper down, eye contact, I love you, seen from across the room. Listening without giving advice, guys. Togetherness activities. It can be going for a walk. It can be doing errands together. Just your physical presence. I like having you around. Then talk. This is compliments. Words that affirm or build up. Verbal compliments. You did a great job on this meal. I just love how much perseverance you have. Encouragement. I've noticed that you write thoughtful notes and letters. What an encouragement you are to others. Words of appreciation. I really appreciate you cleaning up the garage, just sticking with it. Words spoken kindly. You know, I love you. Will you forgive me? Luke 6, 45 says, out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Tasks. Doing things that are meaningful to another. These are acts of serving another. Just pitching in when help is needed. Doing chores together. Cleaning, cooking, recognizing when there is a need. You know, you're feeling bad? Look, let me just clean up. Discerning the right things to do. What's most meaningful to you? Not just me. What would you want? What do you not want to do? Serving your loved one's extended family. Really reaching out. You know, I'll sit with your grandmother in the hospital. And, of course, we see the Good Samaritan. Phenomenal role model. A phenomenal story of how we are to be. All the things that the Good Samaritan did. Example after example of the way he met needs. Now, Jesus is the one who made up this story. But he was letting us know how we should be. Tokens. These are gifts as visible symbols of love. Communicating love and affection through giving gifts to discern what kinds of gifts are most desired, not what you would desire. Guys, don't give um, big tractor trailer tires to your wife for Mother's Day or for your anniversary. By the way, these tokens, this is not, we're not talking about expensive gifts. You can go to a dollar store and find little things that are just fun, funny, meaningful. It's just, I am thinking about you. I love you. Obviously, the widow's might wasn't the expense of the gift, but how Jesus honored her. He said, out of her poverty, she put in all she had to live on. The cost is not the issue. It's the thought behind the gift. And the last, the fifth is touch. Tender and loving physical contact. It can be kissing, touching, embracing, hand on the shoulder, pat on the back. I remember one man said that he knew that his wife loved him when she began to walk by the couch and he'd be sitting on the couch and she would just put the hand on the shoulder and just keep going. But just that to him was, oh, you reached out to me. Obviously, Jesus was anointed, if you will, by a sinful woman. 
a woman who had lived a sinful life, brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind Jesus at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them on her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. You know, he knew the value of all of these special acts. What we need to do is to look for ways to love others. Heavenly Father, how I pray that we will fully understand the love languages of the people closest to us. The love language of a family member, friend, those who are in our lives that you've placed in our lives. I pray that our communication, the way we reach out, the way we connect, I pray it will be the maximum that it could be. I pray for restored, healed relationships when there needs to be a healing. And yet, Lord, how we can learn during those times. We can learn things we didn't do as well as things we should do. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for being willing to heal us emotionally. Thank you for being willing to reach out when we didn't deserve it, to love us unconditionally. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for so great a salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a great conversation. This husband was really sincere in regaining his wife's trust. He wouldn't have called in the first place if he wasn't looking for a biblical solution to this problem. This is listener-supported Hope for the Heart with June Hunt. Now, June mentioned our biblical counseling keys, which are now called Keys for Living. The one about communication is a great companion to today's program. Find out how to order your copy at hopefortheheart.org. Now, here's June with an important announcement. Hi, this is June again. Thank you for being with me for Hope for the Heart over the past 34 years. Soon we'll be launching a brand new podcast. The number of people who listen to podcasts is rapidly growing, so what a great time to share hope with even more people, helping them find God's truth for today's problems. Now you'll be able to hear us anytime, anywhere. To do this, we are transitioning away from this daytime program. So Friday, October 2nd, is our final broadcast. As we look forward to the podcast, you can get daily messages of hope on my Facebook page and our nighttime program. And I invite you to visit my new website, junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org. Remember, there are no hopeless situations, only those who have grown hopeless. June, thank you for sharing this news with us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on this radio program over these 34 years. Your prayers and support have meant so much to us. Now, you can still listen to June on her late-night radio program, Hope in the Night. And beginning in October, you can join her anytime, anywhere on her new website. That's junehunt.org. As we continue to share God's hope in this world of technology, we're also expanding our video presence. Here's more. Taking them off my hook and placing them onto God's hook. I did just this, and my dried, hardened heart was softened. I cried to my Father for mercy and forgiveness. It was a cultivating experience, a renewing of my mind, and joy. I had not experienced joy for years. 
Our mission this year at Hope for the Heart is to help millions on the Internet like Brenda understand how to believe, trust, and apply God's truth to their life. To do this, we have an urgent need to convert more than 100 print teaching materials into videos. Every day, more than 13 billion videos are viewed. People are right now surfing the Internet looking for answers. Start your monthly gift of $30 or more today to support this I Hope video project and receive a copy of June's Counseling Through Your Bible handbook. Make this eternal investment at hopefortheheart.org. Well, we know how big of a mission field the Internet can be. Supporting this project is another way to share God's hope. That website again is hopefortheheart.org. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolf. Remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. Meet us back here tomorrow for more about this hope right here on Hope for the Heart.